Good CEOs build and maintain successful companies. Great CEOs build and maintain influential ones. We're connecting with successful business leaders on how to create the impact within your organization that transforms it into one of influence at the CEO Roundtable. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the CEO Roundtable podcast. Today I'm joined by founder and CEO of Sweet, Tony Witt. Tony, thanks for being here, brother. Thanks for having me, Tony. It's, oh. fr- it's We have two Tonys now. This is going to be difficult. <laughs> no, hey, but at least we're spelled differently. So if we go, there's always a way to differentiate. But Tony with an I, right? For you. Exactly. No, Tony with a Y. But what a cool story you have. And just the way that, uh, I guess, your origin story, right? And, and, and kind of how everything that, that you've been through and the experiences that you had have led you to, one, start the, the, the companies that you have, but also just this the, the values that, that you now carry or possess as a result of you know, these things that, that you've kind of gone through, but I'd love for you to start by sharing, you know, where you're from originally and, or kind of not necessarily originally, but just h- how you grew up, right? Which yeah. is yeah. a very unique situation. Yeah, it's always like, when I first meet people and they're like, oh, like, where are you from? So I was like, oh, you opened a different can of worms, my friend. Um, but yeah, so spent like 12 years in Connecticut, East Coast, in the middle of nowhere. Literally, I grew up to ne- like adjacent to two horse farms. Wow. In the middle of the woods, and we had a little like creek running through our backyard. Um, and then when I was like 12 or 13, my dad got a job in Brussels, Belgium, and he was like, "All right, we're gonna move to Belgium." And that was funny because I didn't even know where Belgium was on a map <laughs> at the time. I was like, "All right, I guess we're going." And we ended up living there for six years, actually. And I went to an international high school, which was its own very unique experience meeting people from every like literally everywhere in the world some of whom like whose parents were like you know working in embassies and military and things like that who lived like every two years they moved like south africa to china to rio to washington to france or whatever um so i was there for six years and kind of was in and out of germany for a while too because my family's all in Germany in different different cities there. So and that's I wasn't like where your parents grew up too, right? It was, yeah. So like my family's like through and through German. Yeah. Um but my my mom and my dad were like kind of the first to take that leap and, and live in the US, like outside of Germany for the first time. Do you know why they moved or what was their desire to, to live in the US? My parents are very pragmatic people. It was it was again like work for my dad, who's an engineer, but I think they always had this sort of adventurous spirit of like, let's let's shake it up. Let's try something else that I think the rest of my family doesn't have as much of. Hmm. Um, and I'm really glad that they did because I have that too, like very clearly. Um, just that ability to say like, we're, we're going to go somewhere else. We're going to like really just put ourselves out there and, and try something. Um, so yeah, I was in Belgium for six years, Germany kind of in and out, different cities. And then I myself also lived in the Netherlands for a year where I was doing a computer science degree in uh, in Utrecht, so like not far from Amsterdam. Um, that seems like it would have been cool. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I'll say that. It was a lot of fun. Did not really get that much done. I bet. But um, good life experience for sure. Yeah. Uh, I ended up dropping out because it just wasn't for me. Like school, school entpreneurship, two different things. Very different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, entrepreneurship is its own school, right? <laughs> it's a crash course, yeah. and it's definitely yeah. uh, a lot more beneficial. And you see that, too, nowadays where students are being told that it's not about 
the the education you have as much as as it is about the experience you have. Yeah. Unless of course you're going to be a doctor or something. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where you need those things. So what is it for you that drew you to tech in the first place? I mean, certainly like to some extent, my dad, who, as I mentioned, is an engineer, but like he had a PhD in physics. And I, I really remember like just as a kid, vivid memories of us like camping together, stars are out, you know what I mean? And we're, and we're looking up at the sky and, and he just starts talking about physics as he does, right? As a physicist. And just like, what is the universal constant G? And like, what is all this? And what is math? And like, what is technology? And like, it bled into technology. And, and you know, I was having these conversations literally since like eight. four years old, eight yeah, years yeah. old, 10 years old. And um, I think that's always just stuck with me. And I just always loved like that aspect. And obviously, you know, I'm human. So it's like, it was, I think the closeness like with my dad that, that made those moments special. And, and yeah, it just stuck with me. It just, it had a large like impact. Um, I'd say that's the main reason. And I've always loved sci-fi movies as well. <laughs> um, so Interstellar is like one of my favorite movies. And that I think was like one of the tipping points as well. I was like, Jesus, like we're at literally monkeys on a rock flying through space at like a million miles an hour. And that just like puts it in a different context. Like we, we just, the only thing that matters is like science and technology. Yeah, no, and that's like how some, I don't know. we yeah. become very dependent on it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a big part of it. So now for you, tell me a little bit about Sweet and the evolution of getting to that point where from a tech standpoint, uh, it's, it's, I mean, tech is everywhere, right? To say technology, it's a very vague term and we see it. I mean, technology is the the plow, right? That's, that's a form of technology. But what you're doing is it's a little bit different. Tell me, tell us about Sweet and just mm-hmm. where the idea came from and where you're at with it right now. Yeah. Um, I guess the idea came from, you know, ideas evolve. Obviously it's not like, Oh, I had this one inception moment, but I was out with some friends, like having dinner with four of us and you know, the restaurant, the bill comes back and they were like, Oh, we can only split the bill like three ways. Right. And so what's the, like, what's the solution that everybody always finds to that? It's like one person puts their, mm-hmm, their car- right. credit card down, right? And then you all, like, Venmo that person after. And I just remember that one instance, like, I still got text messages, like, the next day telling me, like, oh, like, you forgot to, like, add a third of the tip or whatever. And it was, like, I'm dealing with a lot of backlash from this one dinner, you know what I mean? And then if you look at it from the restaurant side, like, the merchant side, it's, like, you're paying the credit card fees. You're dealing with these, like multiple solutions and payment solutions and it's just like why are we doing what why why is there so much complication here um and that's kind of like where i realized there's just some problems with like the payment like in-person payment industry um and that's kind of the origin and then from there obviously like we you know started thinking talking more to like restaurant bar owners club owners and that's like sort of where we landed where we are today which is peer-to-business payments so it's like digital wallet. It looks and feels a lot like Venmo. Um, but instead of just being able to like send money to somebody else, you're actually able to send money to a business like in exchange for goods. Um, we're starting with bars and clubs like nightlife. Um, but soon like all types of on-premise commerce basically. Um, so like replacing the credit card. 100%. And how's it been going? It's been going well. Um, <laughs> obviously starting a company is really like what was that analogy like driving a car at night and you can really only see as far as the headlights well it's like oh it's it's also really foggy so it's like your headlights only go like you know two meters 
six feet, whatever in front of you. Um, and that's kind of what it's been for a long time is like, just got to get really, yeah, you have to be okay with random things coming at you and learning as you go. But it's been by far the most like fun, rewarding thing that I've done in my life. And what inspired you to go to the entrepreneurial route instead of, I mean, as a, I'm assuming your parents worked for companies. Mm-hmm. And then here you are kind of going off in a different direction yeah. than what you saw. Where did that inspiration come from? What did you see that, yeah, that, that drew you to, to doing your own thing? I will say my parents, so my mom is a painter. So she never oh, had like a job. <laughs> uh, don't tell her that. No, she, I, don't, I don't know if she'll see this. But um, And my dad is this like physicist engineer, right? So very interesting combo. Like even as a kid, I remember like one room in my house is like parts of like electron microscopes and 3D printers. And, and then like the next room is just like oil paintings. And it's like that's the environment that I grew up in. And that's always... I think led me to have this like deep intellectual curiosity in different fields and that stuck with me. And I don't think I've been like ever wanting to like settle on just like studying one thing and like doing kind of the traditional route and not to mention like moving around a lot, I think it's been like really important and just shaping who I am in terms of the courage that I have. Obviously I'm not courageous compared to most, like most other people, but like, no, but it's all relative, right? I mean, it's relative, yeah. And if you move around a lot, you'll see life from so many different perspectives, and you'll realize, like, half the time, like your old friends, your high school friends, your cousins, or whatever that have been in the same place, they like they see one avenue through life in terms of like, this is the school I have to go to, you know, this is the place that's the top, that's the top of like, oh, if I get in that place, that's amazing. Then that's the job I have to do. This is where I'm going to retire. That's who I'm going to marry. It's like. It's very linear, but you move around a lot and that just gets, you just get shaken, like literally like brutally thrown out of what you think is the avenue through life. And you do that enough times and then you, it's like, what's that like saying? Like the truth is sort of, you can look at it from like different sides. I don't know, something like that. Um, you do that enough times and then you start seeing like the bigger picture of like, I'm, I'm not on this planet to just work for somebody else for my whole life and just do something I don't love. Um, how old were you when you, when you figured that out? seems like you're, I mean, you are pretty young, so I'm, I'm pretty young. I'm 20 right now. Um, turning 21 in five days, actually. Um, happy early birthday. Thank you. Um, I think I've always had like an element of not following the rules. Um, that's for better or worse, I guess, but. I mean, really, like, diving into entrepreneurship has been a relatively recent thing, recent in terms of, like, maybe past two years, past three years. But that, like, as I mentioned, that that intellectual curiosity, that sort of I'm going to do my own thing spirit driving all this, that's been around, like, since since I moved to Belgium, actually. Um, like, right after that first move, I have, like, a really, like, well-defined story around that, actually. I read the... Um, the whole like Harry Potter series after I moved. Cause like I had no friends. I'm going to be honest. Like I, What's moved, tough? I mean, how can you, you don't how? grow up there? How, how, right? how yeah. you be expected to? I, I mean, I was a random kid from like the middle of the woods and nowhere in Connecticut. And now I'm all of a sudden in Brussels, Belgium where I never even knew. I didn't know, know anything. 
so I was just, I was reading like all the time, right? And I read the Harry Potter series like back to back in like very short amount of time. And I got to the end of the last one and I was just like, this was, this was amazing. And I just, I was crying and it was just like, it was the most beautiful story. And then as I like turned the last page, I had to like determine that I'm going to try to write a book. Um, Cause I was just like, this is, I love stories. I want to do something else. I don't have any friends, so I got to fill up my time. Um, and then fast forward, like two years later, I actually finished that book. Um, it's horrible. The worst book you've but ever seen. The one you wrote. Yeah. That's amazing yeah. though. Um, I mean, garb, like literally the worst book you've ever read. Um, <laughs> I, I, doubt, <laughs> but I doubt it, Tony. I doubt it. Depends on what you've read. Depends <laughs> on what you've read. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, and it, it really did. It was like, t- like two and a half years or something, like 10 drafts across all 10 drafts. It was probably like. 800,000 words, which if you put that on paper is like probably that many words, like just a stack. And out of all of that, I think, A, of course, I became a better writer, but like B, I realized like I'm the kind of person that when I say I'm going to do something, I actually get it done. Yeah. And I think anybody can make that switch. But that's like people say, oh, I want to be more courageous. Oh, I want to be more X, Y, Z. Oh, I want to be whatever. But pieces of your identity can only come from what you've done. So you have to like do the thing first and then like you can actually derive your identity from that. And, and I realized like when I started that book, I wasn't like, oh, I'm a dedicated person. Oh, I'm a hardworking person. Oh, I'm a creative person. I didn't think any of that. I was just like, I have too much time on my hands. I don't know what to do. And so I just started it, stuck with it. And then I realized at the end of it, like, oh, I am this kind of person now and I can give evidence to that. You know, and then... I mean, you learn it by yourself. Yeah. That's a way to learn it by yourself. Yeah. So when you think about these experiences that you've had, I mean, even at a young age, you're you're already going through and and doing or checking off these boxes, at least, that a lot of people say they have on their bucket list or things that they aspire to do or don't yeah. seem to have the courage to do. Like, what advice would you give to people, young or old, right, um, as far as getting started, as far as seeing things from a different lens and a different perspective that it seems like you had looking at a contrast of what life could be like being stuck somewhere, kind of having that all planned out for you and deciding, hey, I want to do something that's quite the opposite of that. So what advice would I have to like somebody who sort of knows they want to take that leap, but... Or just, yeah, just like they haven't made it yet or, or they haven't done those things that you seem to just kind of attack and do easily, but also have that <clears throat> knowingness of yourself that if you're going to start something, you're going to finish it. Mm-hmm. You know, where, like not everybody thinks that way, but if you had to coach someone, what advice would you give them on pursuing it that way I don't know if I'm in, in the right position to like coach other people because I think everybody's <laughs> life is just their own their own story no 100% you know what I mean um, I think there is that element like I said before you have to do the actions that become evidence for like the person that you want to be before you're that person and honestly, it just takes a little bit of grit and you just got to do the action. Like, I, I just don't know how else to tell it to you. But like, literally, you do whatever it is that you want to do, regardless of like all the second thoughts that are running in your head and like, oh, I'm not that kind of person that does this. It doesn't matter. If you want to be that person, you have to do the action and then use that as evidence. And if you do that enough times, like you will become that person. Like 100%. I'm almost, so, I'm almost hearing like, don't think about it. 
a little bit, to be honest. Um, a lot of people have these sort of layers of fear and layers of excuses that they kind of add on top of each other in terms of like why they can't do something. But if you actually look at first principles, like most of those are BS. Like most of those are just stuff that you tell yourself. Like, and this kind of relates to that that Steve Jobs quote. Like if you look around in the world, everything was built by somebody else. There are no actual rules that anybody is enforcing. It's just somebody, it's just like society telling you. And the most important people in history who have gotten the most done and had the most influence are just people that realize that all this was built by somebody before me and I can actually add and create to it. 100%. 100%. Now, adding to that is you've kind of taken a look around you and you've seen things that need to be built. And based on even what we just heard about your upbringing, you decided to start this group, this this project, we'll just call it uh, Genesis, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so Genesis, high level I'll start and then I'll dive into like the story of like why I started. It's a social community for Gen Z entrepreneurs and we're currently like the largest Gen Z entrepreneur collective in, in Chicago and in Illinois. Um, in terms of why I started that, it was honestly a survival mechanism. Like again, like before, so for reference, I moved to Chicago about a year ago now from Europe. And it was again, completely like clean slate, like the cleanest of slates, right? Came here, didn't know anybody, didn't have a job to go to, didn't have a school to go to, didn't have a college degree, don't have family here, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Didn't even have like a US bank card. So when I got here, I had like two suitcases with all my stuff in it and like $200 in cash. And that was pretty much it. Wow. And like didn't have a place to sleep and it was, it was a nightmare. Anyway. Some time goes on and I realized like, obviously if I'm gonna make this place like my home, I need to find friends. That's like what makes a place home for me now. Like that's how I defined it. You asked me before we started the interview, like where, what's home for you? And I would say what's home is like where I know the most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I realized, okay, I need friends. How am I gonna do that? How am I gonna find friends who are like me? Like these sort of really like square pegs and round hole kind of characters like misfits. And I realized like there just wasn't, there was not an avenue for that. Like schools, they force you into a whole bunch of other things, right? And pay, like charge you a bunch of money and force you into this degree that you don't want to get, right? Jobs, most of them somewhat similar situation. A lot of them are remote anyway. And there wasn't just this place for like these entrepreneurs who are trying to do their own thing for actually for them to meet each other and to hang out, especially like younger entrepreneurs. Um, And so I just set out initially to solve my own problem. And that's, I think, what a lot of entrepreneurs do to, to begin with is like, let's solve my own problem, right? And for me, that problem, that pain was like, I just don't have friends. So how am I going to do that? And before this had a name, before it had the Genesis branding, before it had structure and events and, and whatever, it was like, all right, I'm going to meet people. So I rented an Airbnb like cottage in the woods, like two hours west of here next to a river, beautiful for for the whole weekend, I don't know, in like October. And then I just DM'd like 15 like young entrepreneurs that I saw whatever through social media, through going to like networking events and just told them like, look, I'm doing this thing, like putting it together. You got to pay like just 80 bucks for the weekend. Do you want to like join me? And they did, luckily. Um, (laughs) And that was like one of the most fun experiences I've had like in the last few years of my life, definitely. It was just, it was like 15 founders just hanging out in a cottage, you know what I mean? We were recording podcasts. We did this whole like 
Wim Hof, like early morning ice swim kind of thing, like in the river, which got very, very cold, <laughs> um, which is a lot of fun. We got a drone stuck in a tree and the whole thing. Yeah, so it was fun. But out of that, like, you know. And that was people, in October or was that? That was not. Or that was, was that this year? Was it like April? Was, I'm trying to even remember. I think if that's the one, because that's how many have you had? I've had one. Yeah. It was yeah. Like, so it was like April, May, April. Dude, yeah. I don't even. My it was March or April. My, my mind is like <laughs> forwards only. Everything that's, that's cooler, happened though. past is like just. A, no. A yeah. Yeah. But that's even cool because it's even more recent, right? That yeah, yeah. you had it. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, it was pretty recent. Yeah. I mean, I know. I, I know. I couldn't have been October. Yeah, <laughs> it was like not soon to after call I got you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, not, not like that. But um, no, because that's I, I, indirectly that's how we met, right? Is mm-hmm. you someone that was there, uh, Estefania, who was um, yeah a participant in it. But I I met Estefania through the podcast here, and I met her in March. So mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's no way it could. Uh, be yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're all right. Yeah. yeah, I just I'm just lying out here. No, no, me. not lying. No, yeah. it's, it's 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 part of that entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. I think uh, mindset too that you honestly, if it weren't for your phone or something that's in front of you, you probably wouldn't know what date it is or what day of the week it is. Yeah. It's just we don't have those types of schedules. You know, yeah. it's like well, how, there's never enough time in the day. Yeah, you're always working. I'm sure. So it's and and when are the hours to work? If someone asks you, like, do you have work to do? Like when <laughs> when do you not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. at this point, it's just yeah, it's it's being able to take a break from those things that gives you a sense of a personal life. But other than that, if you, if you really didn't have that, you'd just be working all the time. Yep. So that's a it's a very real thing. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I mean, and that's part of the reason why that trip was so successful. Yeah. Was because it's like, and we had a no work policy, so we had no people with laptops, no meetings. The Wi-Fi there was Wi-Fi, but it was horrible. So it was like, yeah, you know, what can you do? It was out there, right? Um, it was out there, yeah. And we're all founders, and we're all always hustling. But like having that weekend to just not do anything but yeah. connect with each other and hang out. Like I think that was that was really special. And what have you found through that as as you build those communities? Because it's not like you really had an objective out of it, right? It was like what you said earlier was just how when people come together who are like minded and have the same kind of background, ambitions, magic tends to happen from that. What did where did you get one, the inspiration to do something like that? And two, like what did you what's the biggest takeaways that um you come out of this with? As I mentioned, like it started with solving my own problem, like I just need friends or whatever. But then very quickly I realized there is so much value in being like the connector and like introducing people to each other and just fostering relationships. And a community is just a web of relationships, right? And I think like one specific story that I have around that, I was I had met with this this young woman who was a designer for this larger company. I forgot exactly who, like consulting or something. And she was like, I want to take the leap. I want to like start my own thing, start a business. And she was like, yeah, I'm interested in sort of recipes and like menus and, and maybe want like some health, food, tech, something like that. And I was like, okay, interesting. A uh, week later, I meet another guy who just got fired from Facebook or Meta, right? So he was like a software engineer. And then I meet with him and he's like, look, I just lost my job. And now I'm like ready to start my own thing. I'm sick of working at big companies. And I was like, I feel you there. I feel you. Um, and he was like, I'm, I'm kind of interested in starting something in like the recipe space or like menu, like food tech sort of thing. I'm like really interested in food. <laughs> I was like, okay, interesting. 
And then it turns out he was like, I'm actually looking for a co-founder who's like a designer. You know what I mean? Or like somebody with more like more people skills and more like design skills and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, you got to be joking, right? And um, I linked them together, obviously, right? Like made that introduction like right away, basically. And and they became co-founders. That's amazing. Actually have a business. And like, and that took me what, like 45 minutes of like coffee chats or something? Yeah. And then they potentially have the ability to like change each other's lives. You yeah. know what I mean? And like that, was, and that was just like the moment for me. I was like, all right, this is the way to have like impact and value in this world is just relationships. I love that. And I love what you're doing. And and tell me what, like, so then what's the vision? What do you hope for out of all this? And you've only been in Chicago a year. You're still very young. Yeah. Like there's a lot of the bright future ahead of you. What do you hope comes out of this uh, with everything you're doing? I could like drill down and talk about, oh, acquisition and oh, this is where we want to do Genesis and grow it to this scale. Of course, we want to do those things. We want to have a successful business. We obviously I want to have it acquired and, and grow a large successful business. And for Sweet, we have a lot of ideas around cool trips to Costa Rica coming up actually in February, which I told you about. That's like a wellness retreat for like 30 under 30 kind of vibe like people. Mm-hmm. But taking a step back, like what's the long trajectory that I'm on? And I always say this, I want to have really good stories at the end of my life. And I've thought a lot about like people I look up to and, and what's, what's the commonality between all of them. And they all have just very, very, very good stories, like funny stories of just crazy experiences they've had that have been unlocked by discipline and courage and ambition, dedication, whatever right? They took that leap and they kept doing that their whole life. And you take enough leaps and you, you put yourself out there and you have enough discipline to really like build amazing things. And then it's like at the end, you just have like the most funny, amazing, crazy stories and experiences. And I think that's the main thing. Cause it's like, you know, everybody's going to die and you like you money, resources, material wealth. It's like chips, like at a poker table, like at the end of the game, you push them back to the, the center anyway. So why does it matter? You know what I mean? So I was like, the only thing that's going to stick with me that I'm going to really like want more of is just like really fun stories. And most of those are built on just great relationships first. 100%. 100%. Well, how can people, <clears throat> excuse me, how can people find you? How can people support you? Um, yeah, online, social media, otherwise. Yeah. Um, I use LinkedIn mostly. So just Tony Witt, T-O-N-I-W-I-T-T. Instagram is Tony.Witt one i mean i guess follow me if you want um genesis we have a website up it's joingenesis.org um if you're an investor a founder somebody an executive who who likes working with young ambitious people um definitely like reach out drop a like a contact form whatever um yeah it's anything awesome well tony it's always uh, it's always a pleasure connecting yeah. with you i'm glad we finally got a chance to do this thank you for coming in and you know, sharing your story and also being a part of our community. Yeah, no, it was just a lot of fun. Fun. Thank you, Tony.